0: Shoes, what's the matter,
1: Morty? Crunching by our little friends. Great
0: gowns, beautiful gowns.
1: Fashion has changed. No, it hasn't. Hi, I'm Lauren Garoni. I'm Chelsea Fairless. Welcome to another episode of Every Outfit.
0: Welcome to another episode of a remote Every Outfit episode.
1: Yeah, this is crazy. We're not in the same room this time. Lauren is in L.A. and I am in NorCal visiting my parents.
0: An undisclosed location in
1: Northern California. Yeah, you know, it's pretty fabulous because like neither of these locations are on fire right now, which is pretty major.
0: Yeah, I believe everything is on fire in between us and around us.
1: But yeah, it's been nice, like, communing with nature, having family time, getting off my phone.
0: I believe the first two, and I don't believe the last one. No, I'm
1: definitely, like, not off my phone. That's just, like, not possible for me.
0: I've been keeping your wife company because we are in a platonic throuple.
1: Well, I mean, it's platonic for you. (laughs) It's not platonic for Chad and I. Oh, correct, correct. But I think that's very cute that you guys have been going out to dinner. I love that. Of course. We have a
0: friendship independent of you.
1: Wow, well, do you?
0: We spend the entire time talking about Chelsea. We're like, what would Chelsea think of this dish? What would Chelsea think of this wine? What do you think <laughs> Chelsea's doing right now?
1: What am I doing right now? Nothing interesting, I guess. Shall we talk about sex in the city?
0: Oh, please, God, or else we're going to have to talk about very depressing things going on in the world, and I don't want to do that.:
1: Well, we're we'll get to uh, Greta, Thunberg, Vogue, What vogue was it? Scandinavia of course. Vogue Scandinavia cover later um, but we're going to start with some sex in the city stuff although there's not really that much news this week for us to talk about. Mommy and daddy are back baby. So this week the big thing is that SJP and Chris Noth both posted photos with each other on their Instagrams.
0: It was very, like, mommy and daddy are going to the bedroom
1: and, like, don't
0: bother us for 45 minutes to an hour.
1: Yeah. uh, Chris Noth actually posted two, and one of them was him and SJP in bed. But, like, they were all, like, we could just see their faces. They were totally under the covers, So we don't know if SJP is wearing a bra or not. I mean, probably. She's probably wearing a bra on top of a bra. (laughs) She's bra layering. Is that going to be the new trend from, from the reboot? I hope so. So that happened.
0: Yeah, people are really going deep with these conspiracy theories. I don't think it's that deep. Someone DM'd us and they're like, okay, but what if they're trying to throw us off and he's died and they're just posting these photos so we don't think he's died? It's like, who cares? Who cares? Maybe he does die. Maybe they're flashback sequences. Who gives a shit?
1: Yeah, I don't. But I wanted to ask you, because we haven't really talked about this on the podcast yet. What do you think the opening sequence of the show is going to be like? Because you can't still be wearing a tutu, right?
0: That is an interesting question. Also, because since Sex and the City went off the air, it's become such a thing just to have
1: like a title card and no longer an intro sequence. I would like to see them do a play on the original intro, but it's the three of them walking down the street and they get splashed by the bus. And on the bus is an ad for Carrie's podcast, which is called And Just like that and that's the intro or if they want to make it really like explicit that we're living in covid times they could be like drinking cosmos at an outdoor restaurant or something and then the bus could splash them
0: oh i thought you were gonna
1: say and then they all whip their masks off No, please let there not be masks in the opening credits.
0: Yeah, I mean, since it's been 11 years since the last film, I would love if it was more of a montage sequence that has shown everything that happened in in the years that have gone by.
1: Yeah, I mean, they did that with the first Sex in the City movie, you know, for the uh, very small percentage of the people that watched that film that did not also watch the show. But I think it would be better to do that like with animation, like have like a really fab animated opening sequence like The Nanny. I'm into that. I like that. And it would have, like, a theme song and shit, and, like, like a rapper, like, a Cardi B or Princess Nokia could, like, rap about, like, Carrie's entire origin story, you know, to catch everyone up.
0: Didn't we go over this last episode? Did, did that not go so well with the Alicia Keys rapture song?
1: Well, Alicia Keys also, like, isn't a rapper. So I think that had something to do with it. Also, like, she wasn't, like, explaining anything. She was just talking about, like, shopping with your girls and stuff.
0: I could also see a sort of uh, full house or step-by-step-esque intro where every single character, including the, like, new characters, just are sort of in different places in New York and kind of, like, turn around like, oh, my God, you surprised me.
1: Ooh, a step-by-step moment would be fab. Like, they're all at a theme park. guess we'll just have to wait and find out. In other television news, our other favorite show, White Lotus, has been renewed for a second season. Thank God.
0: Yes. Although, unfortunately, we will be moving on to other guests and other resorts. Right. A White Lotus Kyoto is what Mike White had said that if he was going to do a season two, it needed to be so far removed in a way.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's lots of those luxury resort chains that have properties all over the world. I think this totally makes sense. You know, I'm as, and as sad as I am to not continue with these particular characters, I think the idea of doing it like this is good.
0: Although I I do like the idea of taking one of, the characters from the first season and put them into the
1: second season. I mean, just bring bring Jennifer Coolidge into the second season, assuming she's not the person that dies. I mean, because I imagine that she's just the type of chick that goes from one white lotus resort to the next, you know? Oh,
0: for sure. And I do wonder if she is indeed the person who died, I don't. I mean, my theory is I unfortunately think it's going to be a cop out and it's going to be the guy that Jennifer Coolidge is having sex with.
1: Yeah, that obviously has like lung cancer or something.
0: Who, by the way, is a character actor named John Grease who plays Laszlo in the film Real Genius, if anyone else is a Val Kilmer head
1: like myself. This sounds like nerd shit. Yeah, I definitely don't think it's going to be What's-Her-Face, the fiancé, like I think or the newly wed New chick. wife. Yeah. I think that's too obvious. But yeah, it continues to be a great show. I'm excited to watch the finale with you this weekend. I know.
0: We're having a White Lotus themed party.
1: (laughs) But should we roast a full pig is the question. Like, is that what it's about? Are you
0: owning that? Because I won't be roasting a pig. No, thank you. I agreed to go to Party City and get us Lay's and that was it.
1: (laughs) That's the extent of it.
0: I'm that person in elementary school that was always like, I'll bring the paper plates.
1: (laughs) Cheap bitch.
0: That stuff is important. And I brought
1: utensils and I brought napkins and cups. I brought a whole set. Okay. Not cheap. I think because I've been watching White Lotus, I've had Jennifer Coolidge on the brain so much that I was like so disturbed to hear that she has not been cast in the upcoming Sue Mengers biopic. Uh, yes, it was reported this week that
0: Netflix and Apple are circling a project starring Jennifer Lawrence as the legendary Hollywood agent Sue Mengers. Mengers broke through Hollywood's glass ceiling in the 1970s as she was the first woman to wield any actual power as an agent. Her clients included the likes of Barbara Streisand, Peter Bogdanovich, Michael Caine, Cher, Joan Collins, Brian De Palma, Faye Dunaway, Bob Fosse, Steve McQueen, Allie McGraw, Mike Nichols, to name a few.
1: Like literally everyone that's cool. She's
0: the definition of a broad. Did you see this anecdote that uh in her obituary it's not attributed to who she said it to, but in her Wikipedia it says that when the Manson murders happened, she called Barbara streisand She said, Honey, they're only getting bit players. They're not get they're not killing stars.
1: She's savage, but I don't like the casting of Jennifer Lawrence because it's kind of another example of an ingenue getting a role that really belongs to a character actor, and it's just upsetting. Well,
0: I wonder, there was that movie about Gloria Steinem that came out maybe a year or two ago where it was like Alicia Vikander was playing young Gloria Steinem and then Julia Moore was playing older Gloria Steinem, which might be the way to do this. Not that I've read the script, but to have Jennifer Lawrence as a younger Sue Mangers and then sub in Jennifer Coolidge because Sue Mangers had a very cool look, very similar to a a Gloria Steinem. Very similar to me. But there's no way that Jennifer Lawrence won't be in a fat suit to play Sue Mangers. And that's what we're talking about.
1: Yeah, unless she's playing Sue Mangers when she was like really young, which is like not what we want to see because that wasn't really at the peak of her powers. Yeah, I'm going to be pissed if she pulls a Gwyneth in Shallow Hal like I really want her to pull a Charlize in Monster and like gain that 40 pounds you know so I can respect her
0: yeah, I mean, I think a reason that this happened is the film is going to be directed by Paolo Serentino, who came to prominence for a film called The Great Beauty, and most recently a film called Youth, which has Jane Fonda in it, which I highly recommend. But in 2019, it was reported that Jennifer Lawrence and he were going to do a film called Mob Girl. So something tells me they were looking for a project to work on. This script is written by Lauren Sugar Blum, Rebecca Angelo, and a guy named John Logan. John Logan wrote a one-act play, Called "I'll Eat You Last," a chat with Sue Mangers, which debuted in 2013, that starred Bette Midler.
1: Right, I'm still like kicking myself for not seeing that when I had the chance. But yes, that's this is a Bette Midler character. It's not. It's just like not correct with J Law. But speaking of Broadway casting, I was very excited to see that Beanie Feldstein will be starring on Broadway in the revival of Funny Girl.
0: Did you see that Le- uh, Leah Michelle was trending on Twitter because gays were just making memes about how mad she must be right now?
1: I would be so upset if Leah Michelle was cast in the Funny Girl revival. Like that would actually kill me.
0: What would make you more upset? Jennifer Lawrence as Sue Mangers or Leah Michelle as uh, Leah Michelle
1: as Fanny Bryce. Like that is truly evil. It's like, yes, Leah Michelle can sing. I'm not gonna take that away from her, but like absolutely not. You know, Funny Girl has never been. Revived on Broadway. Barbara Streisand originated the role in the 60s and then, of course, like starred in the film and ultimately won an Oscar for the film. Her agent being Sue Mangers. Yeah, her, exactly. To bring it back it's an iconic role. It's, you know, and the I love Beanie Feldstein as an actress. I mean, she's a Jewish lesbian. So I have no choice but to stand but I've never really heard her sing. So I went on YouTube and I was like Beanie Feldstein singing and the first thing that comes up is this video of her singing some song from wicked to her bulldog, which kind of endeared me to her more, although I've never actually seen wicked
0: how is there a musical that i've seen that you haven't
1: because i don't know i've always just been of the opinion that like wicked is like basic and kind of actively avoided it but i don't know let's let's drop a clip in of beanie feldstein singing in case anyone uh anyone cares while you're
0: best friend is Ben Platt they went to high school together not that that speaks to her musical bona fides it's just
1: no she has a great voice I mean is it Streisand level I don't know but it's certainly better than most actresses that are around right now and this is very much continuing her streak of literally getting the best projects that Hollywood has to offer between what the Ryan Murphy impeachment show that's coming out between that Richard Linklater film that is taking 20 years to film that she's attached to or that I guess she's already started working on that I don't know about oh my god her and Ben Platt are starring in the new Richard Linklater film that is not going to come out for like 20 years it's being filmed over a 20 year period and it's based on a Susan Susan Sontag it's based on a Stephen Sondheim musical called Merrily We Roll Along I can't wait for us to talk about about that in 20 years if we still have this podcast
0: and ranting out the entertainment industry news uh, for those who don't live in Los Angeles we have an election coming up no not the recall of Gavin Newsom but the screen actors guild and it's the whooiest thing we've
1: ever seen i'm obsessed with it would you send me a picture of the ballot <laughs> i screamed
0: so the current president of the Screen Actors Guild is Gabrielle Cartieres, who played Andrea Zuckerman in <laughs> 90210. So that's
1: the fame level that we're at. <laughs> How dare you? But we're getting more highbrow this year.
0: Well, in July, she announced that she wouldn't be seeking re-election and backed Fran Drescher. Fabulous. So, Cameron Mannheim of the practice was the union's secretary treasurer, which I guess is kind of the VP role of the Screen Actors Guild. We're not in the Screen Actors Guild, we're in no guild, but she is also not seeking re election. And in her place, Anthony Rapp of Rent and Taking Down Kevin Spacey fame is aiming for that post as Dresher's running mate. Love that. But like Democrats and Republicans, there is a whole other side that they are up against. So, that would be. Matthew Modine and Jolie
1: Fisher. Just like these combinations of people are so fucking random and I'm living for it.
0: Well, I guess Matthew Modine ran against Andrea Zuckerman in 2019 and lost in a contested election is how it was referred to in one article I read. And Hollywood is taking sides, Chelsea. You wanna you wanna hear who's on whose side?
1: Yeah, I'd love to know.
0: Okay, on the Matthew Modine, Jolie Fisher side, we've got Whoopi Goldberg, Matt Dillon, Mia Farrow, Liam Neely- Diane Keaton, Mark Hamill, Nick Nolte, George Takei, and also the actor who played Mr. Sheffield is not on Fran Drescher's side. (laughs) He's on Matthew Bodine's side.
1: Oh, that's so rude.
0: But in Fran Drescher's corner is Tom Hanks, Mm -hmm. Alec Baldwin. uh, Yeah, not not the best. Deborah Messing, J.K. Simmons, and Rosario Dawson.
1: It's so hard like I was trying to figure out who I would vote for and I just like I can't figure it out like Fran Drescher versus Matthew Modine is just like such a strange combination of people but I guess we have to consider like what's the better film full metal jacket or the beautician and the beast
0: I saw the beautician the beast in theaters
1: I definitely rented it when it came out.
0: I guess the issues they're each running on, friend Drescher... Yeah, let,
1: let's hear about their platforms.
0: ...is all about streaming rights. And I guess Matthew Modine's big thing is health insurance. And again, I'm not part of any guilt, but from what I understand, it's like the best in health insurance you can ever have.
1: Yeah. Everyone I know with SAG Health Insurance is like living their best life. But their whole thing is like always worrying about losing it. They only care about getting roles just so they can, like, keep that SAG insurance, not to, like, advance professionally. Well, I was going to side with Fran Drescher, but now you're making me
0: think maybe it's about the Modine.
1: So, Lauren, I thought of a little game the other day that I wanted to try on the pod with you, which is Six Degrees of Sex in the City. Perhaps we could take a stab at connecting Fran Drescher and Matthew Modine to Sex in the City. See, this is what happens when you spend too much time in nature. Okay, Matthew Modine was on Stranger Things with Winona Ryder, who was in Black Swan with Natalie Portman. Wait, who was in Black Swan with Barbara Hershey, who was in Beaches with Bette Midler, who was in The First Wives Club with Sarah Jessica Parker, who was on Sex and the City. All right. Wow, I can't believe Barbara Hershey was in connect. Okay, moving on on what else do we want to talk about oh cooking with paris (laughs) how far did you make it through the first episode of cooking with paris is before i gave up yeah
0: oh i watched the whole first episode don't worry
1: i got like maybe 15 20 minutes in i found it to be completely unwatchable we are of course discussing paris hilton's new netflix cooking series cooking with paris
0: That I assume came from that viral video she made where she tried to make lasagna and it was a complete shit show.
1: Yeah, I feel like that came out beginning of pandemic or like right before pandemic, something like that. As I've told you previously,
0: time is meaningless, so I don't know, could have been 17 years ago.
1: Well, I understand why this show happened, because Paris Hilton is an OG reality TV star, and she did just have a viral moment with that video, so I understand why a show like this would be developed, but not everything needs to be turned into a Netflix show. Like I loved Marie Kondo's books, but I don't need to watch a TV show about decluttering. It's just not good television, you know?
0: I wasn't expecting to learn anything. To me, it's more just of like a hang show. It's like, okay, she's with Kim, which I'm sorry, but like the whole introduction of Kim Kardashian in the first episode is like, um, she has to cook for four children every morning it's like no she doesn't she has a a cook
1: well yeah and this isn't what i want to see paris and kim doing like i want to see them shopping and going to parties and stuff i want to see them interacting with real people i think that was kind of the genius of the simple life was that you got to see how these girls like interacted with middle america essentially But this show, it feels very insulated, and I don't really feel like it serves the comedy.
0: Well, I mean, it was made during the pandemic. I think that's the other reason it got made is because it's so insular.
1: But, like, Paris can't really carry it because she's so obviously not having a good time. Like, she obviously hates filming it, and you can tell.
0: It's hard to watch Paris put on the Paris Act after watching that documentary with her and hearing what her actual voice sounds like it does make me feel like she's doing this non-consensually it's like oh god she's putting on the baby voice
1: yeah it's mostly just boring honestly
0: if you want a better time with a hilton may i recommend this season of real housewives of beverly hills which has brought in kathy hilton honestly give me cooking with kathy
1: Did you watch the first episode of the new season of the L Word Generation Q like I requested?
0: What our audience is looking for, a straight woman's perspective on
1: the L Word. I would love to hear a straight woman's perspective on the L Word. There's too many queer people in this show, I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) I love that the original show existed in this parallel universe where everyone was a lesbian.
1: Yeah, and every everyone was like a lipstick lesbian, too. I mean, if you haven't seen it, the original L Word was a nighttime soap opera from the early 2000s about this group of lipstick lesbians that lived in West Hollywood. Actually, the tagline for the first season of the L Word was Same Sex, Different City. I don't know if you remember this. All I remember is that theme song where it's like, living,
0: thriving, loving, fucking... <laughs>
1: the worst theme song in the history of television but it was a groundbreaking show for the time you know it, it certainly wasn't uh, woke i mean like sex in the city there's a lot of aspects of it that haven't aged well it
0: seems so problematic now because without its existence it wouldn't have pushed the narrative forward
1: Oh, a thousand percent. And with the reboot, there are a few of the core characters, not many from the original series, that are kind of the anchors of the show. And then there's a bunch of like random Gen Z and millennial characters that surround them.
0: Yeah, so I've noticed with this one, now not everyone is a lesbian, but everyone is in a throuple. <laughs>
1: No, it's true. I mean, everyone's queer. And yeah, like half of the characters are in some form of a thruffle or a poly relationship, which I guess is kind of true to the community, honestly. But I mostly just care about the characters from the original series. I mean, the new cast doesn't really speak to me, although I like Jamie Clayton. I like the actress that plays Jennifer Beale's daughter.
0: That was heartwarming to watch of, like, diving back into these characters and their lives 15 years on. And it made me feel good about what sex in the city could be and just like that to see bet and tina's daughter now grown up and like their explanation to her about like having a sperm donor and how like it just wasn't done in 2003 which you're kind of like oh yeah i guess we were there
1: yeah when angelica was conceived it was a very different time which brings me to shane's hairstyle which was also conceived during a very different time and she needs an update
0: She's rocking the Lisa Renna, which they both have that same Sally Hirschberger hairstyle that they saw on uh, Meg Ryan in 97, and they've just never
1: gone back. Yeah, it makes her look Femi. Like, she looked like a little girl compared to Lena Waithe in the first episode of this season.
0: I have a question. Do they dive into the whereabouts of other original characters? Like, does Helena still run that movie studio?
1: Helena is... MIA. One thing we know is that Pam Greer's character Kit died of a opioid overdose, which is so fucking rude because she was a recovering alcoholic on the series.
0: She was the one straight. She was my point of view into the show.
1: She was the one straight, but also it's like they literally never gave her a good plot line. Like all of her boyfriends were trash.
0: All I remember, oh my God, I'll never forget the plot line where Bet and Tina's Manny, their man nanny gets pam greer pregnant and she goes to get an abortion and like the nurse comes in but really they're like a religious person telling her not to get an abortion and she like runs out of of the clinic
1: oh yeah it was one of those like fake abortion clinics i mean there's a lot of like fucked up things on this show what did you think of rosie o'donnell as tina's new fiance and what is that accent where do you think her character is from Detroit? I don't
0: know. She's doing the same accent that like Ryan Gosling and Tom Hardy do, which is like vaguely 1970s New York. It's an accent that no one has.
1: Yeah, but it's. I feel like she's like, this is what a middle class person talks like in today's day and age. And I mean, it's nice to have a middle class character that isn't like one of the annoying 20 year olds for sure.
0: I mean, is it bad that I had the same reaction that uh, that Bette did when
1: Rosie O'Donnell's character came in and was like, I got this from Groupon. You're just being classist. I'll admit it. I stan Tina and Rosie O'Donnell, although I'm on a group chat with a bunch of lesbians and like, no one agrees with me. Like, everyone is horrified by Rosie O'Donnell on this show, but I am fully into it. I don't know what that says about me.
0: I just don't think Bet and Tina's daughter would think she's the bee's knees, which evidently, like, your mom is Bet Porter.
1: Like, she's the coolest person on Earth. Yeah, and she's like some combination of uh, Barbara Gladstone and Kamala Harris, basically. I don't know. It's like, obviously, I'm watching the L Word Generation Q because... It's important to the community. I have no standards. I'm just gonna do it, but it kind of sucks because I feel like this show really lacks the escapism of the original. Like I just wanna see Rich Dykes doing fun shit and there's like absolutely none of that on this show.
0: And where are all the straight people? How am I supposed to connect to this show, Chelsea?
1: Didn't you hear there's no straight people left in Los Angeles? There is a new Ivy Park Adidas collaboration. Ivy Park, of course, is Beyonce's athleisure line, I guess. Uh, This week they released a video for the new Western-inspired, rodeo-themed collection. What did you think, Lauren? Will you be wearing denim chaps?
0: Yeah, I guess the point of view is we're all going to be dressing like rodeo thoughts to the gym.
1: But haven't we been dressing like rodeo thoughts? I mean, not me and you, but like people. I just feel like cowboy shit has been trendy for so many years now, like between those Raph Simmons cowboy collections and Lil Nas X and Vicara was doing cow prints like what feels like 10 years ago. I just, I don't know. I'm just getting kind of bored with it as a look.
0: But is the idea of Ivy Park athleisure as outerwear, just like wearing on the town and party wear? Or are you actually supposed to wear such things to Equinox?
1: I think it's a mixed bag. Like, I think you're supposed to wear, like, the cow print spandex outfit to Equinox. But then there's stuff like a suit that has, like, you know, the Adidas stripe on the jacket or whatever that, yeah, I believe you're supposed to wear out in the world.
0: Yeah, because that denim bodysuit with the denim chaps don't feel very breathable for my, uh, you know, cardio Pilates class.
1: Yeah, and I think that's fine. I mean, I don't think it, like, needs to be functional in that sense, but... I think Ivy Park as a brand really needed this Adidas partnership because it doesn't have its own visual identity. I mean, like the logo looks like it was designed in literally five minutes. And with this collaboration with Adidas, they can now riff on all of that classic Adidas stuff that everybody wants to wear, you know?
0: For sure. I mean, I think what's most astonishing about this Ivy Park drop is that Beyonce can wield a Harper's Bazaar September issue cover
1: just for the release of her athleisure collection. No, you're completely correct. That is truly insane.
0: And we will be getting into the cover and all the other September covers once all of them drop. So we're not going to talk about her Harper's Bazaar issue just
1: yet. Yeah. And also to clarify, like the collection hasn't come out yet. The video announcing the collection is what has come out. And you know what? Beyonce looks amazing in the video. Not going to lie. I mean, she's one of the most beautiful women in the world. And all these clothes look exquisite on her because she's Beyonce.
0: It is a brand that really doesn't exist outside of her in a way that like The Row or even Victoria Beckham's line or even, you know, Savage Fenty kind of exists beyond their celebrity creator.
1: Yeah. Moving on to much better celebrity fashion lines, Frank Ocean has a new company. Called Homer. He opened a pop up in New York this week and he is selling jewelry, scarves. I think that's it, right?
0: Yeah, he debuted a 25-piece collection. All of it is designed in New York, but made in Italy. It featured silk patterned scarves, fine jewelry made with 18-karat gold, recycled sterling silver, hand-painted enamel, and American lab-grown diamonds. The two inspirations for the designs, according to the press release, were our childhood obsessions and heritage as fantasy.
1: Heritage as fantasy. I don't know what the fuck that means.
0: I think the idea that, at least what I took from from that is in juxtaposition to Tiffany which does have heritage and wants to run away from that as quickly as possible and pretend like they're a new label. What I took from what Frank Ocean was saying is that as if this brand has existed for hundreds of years, what would it look like now?
1: I thought the line was really impressive overall as riffing on a very specific ravey, early 2000s aesthetic with a dash of MoMA design store vibe. and as an elder millennial that's very comforting and familiar to me but I haven't really seen that sort of style translated to jewelry especially fine jewelry in this way before so I applaud him for that although I want to know who else is working on this like I do not think that Frank Ocean is sketching and making molds and doing all that sort of shit I really am curious to know uh, who else was working on this on the design side. And if anyone knows, please DM us.
0: Right. But that's an art form in and of itself vis-a-vis the conversation we just had about Beyonce. The ability to curate incredible designers and craftsmen for your line is just as important as actually having a vision to begin with.
1: Oh, a thousand percent. And it goes beyond the jewelry themselves. It's also the the logo, the branding, the website, the photography, like was all stellar. You know, this is a brand that could hold its own without a celebrity name being attached to it, which I think is really impressive and rare for a celebrity brand.
0: Guess it's time to get into Greta Thunberg shaming the fashion community on the cover of the inaugural issue of Vogue Scandinavia. In a searing interview, Thumberg said, the fashion industry is a huge contributor to the climate and ecological emergency, not to mention its impact on the countless workers and communities who are being exploited around the world in order for some to enjoy fast fashion that many treat as disposable. Many make it look as if the fashion industry is starting to take responsibility, spending fantasy amounts on campaigns portraying themselves as sustainable, ethical, green, climate neutral, or fair. But let's be clear, this is almost never anything but pure greenwash. You cannot mass-produce fashion or consume sustainably as the world is shaped today. That is one of the many reasons why we will need a system change.
1: Take that, Stella McCartney, greenwashing bitch. Yeah, she really read Zara to filth, it would seem. Well, I mean, I think it's kind of inherent that she would be criticizing Zara. I feel like this more seems aimed at a Stella McCartney or, you know, a Prada who has that recycled nylon collection that they're doing now. Um, fashion and sustainability does not go hand in hand it it just doesn't
0: yeah whether you're a fashion conglomerate like an lvmh or a fast fashion company like an H&M or Zara, it's all a numbers game. It's about
1: producing a lot so that people can consume a lot so that you can make a lot of money. Good on her. I mean, I appreciate Greta Thunberg. Tat like hates her. She's like, she's so fucking annoying and won't shut the fuck up. But I applaud her. I mean, honestly, like she someone has to say something And the fashion industry is a huge polluter. There's no question that this combination of fast fashion retailers and this Instagram mentality where you people feel like they can't wear the same outfit more than once is a very destructive thing and is only accelerating the climate crisis further.
0: Yeah. And the irony about fast fashion and that Instagram style blogger persona is everyone just ends up buying the same shit. Yeah. To her point about a system change. Absolutely. But who exactly is going to put demands, I know I keep saying Zara, but like on a Zara, on a Gap, on a J. Crew,
1: It's not even them. It's like the Shine and the Fashion Nova. And I'm not saying that Zara isn't also terrible. But at least I think Zara, not all of their clothes are great quality, but some of their clothes are great quality. I think that people need to be buying based on quality and buying the best clothing that they can afford it and buying clothing that can sustain a trend cycle or two but I get it it's hard it's like there's not a lot of people that just make normal clothes like it's hard to just go into a store and find a black dress that doesn't have some trend attached to it it's like oh maybe there's a black dress but it has like a studded collar or it has a cold shoulder or whatever Remember when everyone was wearing those button-down shirts that were, like, normal shirts, but they had, like, those studded collars?
0: Where did they go? What landfill are they in?
1: Exactly, because I remember everyone in New York was wearing them, I don't know how many years ago that was, and now I haven't seen one in years.
0: We also have to stop pretending, like, upcycle clothing looks good.
1: I'm sorry. Yeah, I guess it does if you're upcycling something that was fabulous to begin with.
0: Or if you're upcycling deadstock fabric that you had left over, but still you're only going to make a small amount of quantity of something.
1: Yeah, like those Miu Miu dresses that we were talking about. It's like you took a fabulous vintage gown to begin with. It's kind of like when beauty brands hire like 80 year old women for their campaigns and they're like, you know what, you can be beautiful at any age. It's like, This bitch was a model when she was 20. Now she's 80 and she's still hot. Like, of course she's still hot.
0: And it's often that 80-year-old model is May Musk, the mother of (laughs) Elon Musk. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: 80% of the time, it's May Musk.
0: Anyway, buy vintage, buy less, keep stuff for a long time. I mean, I don't know.
1: I mean, I have so many vintage clothes that I can sleep at night. I mean, I think most of my clothes are vintage. Although that's not an option for everyone because the sizing is so small. But if you can fit into vintage sizes, do it, because you can find shit that you could never otherwise afford, you know, because just the fabrics and construction were so much better then. So, yeah, go off, Greta Thunberg.
0: Yeah, keep being the uh, Debbie Downer of the fashion community. We're here for it.
1: Yeah, I'd love to see her become a J.W. Anderson model. Shall we, Kardashian?
0: Finally. After a few weeks. Kardashian, Aholics Anonymous.
1: This is a case for the FBI. So, not much is happening in Kardashian news, but we did get a truly groundbreaking outfit that Kim Kardashian wore to the second Donda listening party in Atlanta. It was in Atlanta, right?
0: Yes, but he hasn't left the stadium.
1: This look, like, made I don't think I realized how starved for real fashion I actually was until I saw this. It was a truly incredible look. She was wearing Balenciaga, it was all black. She was wearing like skin tight pants that were also boots, skin tight turtleneck that had built in gloves, and then a spandex gimp mask, basically, with a long braid coming out the top of it. It was very Lee Bowery. It was very Catwoman. It was also a different vibe because you're used to seeing these sorts of outfits in a BDSM context, not in a I'm hanging out with my children in their friend context, which is why I think this was so cool.
0: It seems to be the the last gasp we're going to get of Kanye convincing Kim to wear kooky shit.
1: I hope it's just the beginning. Honestly, I think this was like really major.
0: I love when people who very obviously have the most vanilla sex ever dress in BDSM garb.
1: And it's also, I I think at this point, it's so hard for that to look cool like we're in a climate where now we've had like harnesses as fashion for over a decade now it's like really tired and really divorced from its original connotations or any like it has no real subversive quality to me at this point but there was something about this that felt subversive and not in a way that felt sexual but in other kardashian news kylie jenner is now 24 24 karat kylie She released a makeup collection that neither of us really care about.
0: No, but we are always here for the billboards. For those of you who don't live in Los Angeles, Kylie has bought out a billboard on La Cienega and Santa Monica for the last three years.
1: Yeah. So you also sent me a really funny Caitlin thing that happened this week.
0: Yes, Caitlin is still running for governor, and she tweeted on August 8th, responding to something, but the tweet goes, why, question mark, do you want more unemployment, question mark, more from, question mark, that doesn't make any sense, more legal immigration bringing COVID, question mark, schools closed, question mark, BS, exclamation point, forget, hashtag Gavin Newsom. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Caitlyn's reply was, quote, tweeted, to which the person said, honestly, shocked she would retweet that. Thank you. A very important story that needs to come to all Californians. Unfortunately, that was Caitlyn, quote, tweeting herself, which has led many people to believe that Caitlyn has alt accounts that she uses to retweet herself. To give like positive reinforcements to the things Caitlin is saying and forgot to log out of the account, which is every social media manager's
1: nightmare. Truly. I mean, can't she hire someone to do that? Like, it's just so insane. Do
0: we think this is Sophia? Sophie?
1: (laughs) Sophia Hutchins. Yeah. Well, I mean, I hope that she's too busy running, uh, Luminol to Lumisol, whatever it is, to uh,
0: a Lum Lumisol is the is the blood uh, right. agent. Yeah, I believe it's Lumisol. Involve
1: herself in this.
0: None of it makes sense because just to begin with, who is Caitlyn even speaking to? Yeah. For those in California, there is a recall election. I think September fourteenth. Vote, don't forget this. I'm sorry. I know we have given too much energy to Caitlin, but we do not want
1: her as governor.: No, we really don't. Um, we want her to stay in Malibu, where she belongs. So yeah, it's been a real drought of Kardashian stuff, which is why we created the in- and out list.: Yeah.
0: All right, shall we?: Sure.: Ooh, So heterosexuality is in.
1: and homosexuality is out so
0: embarrassed for the white women i'm looking at you chelsea handler that were all calling themselves cuomo a year ago <laughs> no thanks tyler perry's
1: replica of the white house is in and the actual white house is out we have been meaning to talk about this on the podcast for weeks but we keep fucking forgetting this is the episode do you want to explain this lauren
0: Yeah, this is our favorite QAnon Trump supporter conspiracy theory that actually Biden never won. Uh, He's not in the White House. Where he actually is, is in Tyler Perry's recreation of the White House at his Atlanta movie studio.
1: Right. And Tyler Perry's fake White House is an 80% scale replica of the actual White House. So it's like, it looks pretty legit, but it's not all the way there. Which we
0: first became aware of due to his Architectural Digest tour where he showed it off. It's
1: truly iconic. Must watch. So Rosie O'Donnell's character in the L Word reboot is in. Uh, And Pam Greer's character dying of an opioid overdose is out. So rude. Uh, Frank Ocean's jewelry line is in. And Diane von Furstenberg's deranged Amazon Echo speakers are out. Have you seen ads for this? Only the ones you've showed me, and they're the ugliest things I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it's like, do you want an Amazon Echo dot with a nice, like, DVF lip print? A leopard print? No. Not even me. If I don't want it, then it shouldn't exist.
0: If we thought that the DVF wrap dress was offensive...
1: See, I like should be the audience for this is someone that loves Prince, but it just there's something about it that's not working for me.
0: Well, also, not everything needs to collaborate with another thing.
1: Yeah, um, they should just focus on making a wrap dress that actually looks good on most people. Beanie Feldstein as Fanny Bryce is in. And Jennifer Lawrence's Sue Mengers is out.
0: <laughs> Wearing a gimp mask for a casual family outing is in.
1: And wearing a get mask for the purposes of sexual gratification is out. And that's it, guys. That's all we have this week. I miss you, Lauren.
0: I miss you, too. Will you be returning or is this just your new lifestyle? You're going to be living off the grid.
1: Yeah, no, I'll be back at your house on Sunday with a full pig for you to roast.
0: Thank you. That reminds me, I should go to Party City and get those lays.
1: See you guys next week. Bye.
0: Bye.